0: you shall be witnesses to me in jerusalem and all of judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth but you shall receive power after that the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in jerusalem and all judea samaria and to the ends of the earth this of course is our four platforms in which we believe that the lord gives us here at one life and perhaps uh, the kingdom of God, but what he spoke to us and using this platform of our Jerusalem is this local church, our Judea is the surrounding areas, our Samaria, Uh, when you look at Samaria, it was the outcast, it was the places and the people that nobody wanted to deal with or nobody wanted to reach. And then of course the ends of the earth are our outreach of missions uh, to the other nations of the earth. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, it said, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you cannot do the thing that you would. Amen. I talked to you, started talking to you last week about what we have deemed as normal is sometimes really not normal Uh, in particular when you are talking about spiritual things you know I I think I've told you before and growing up uh, it uh, became normal at our house to have a pair of vice grips on the channel changer of the TV Uh, we had to it was normal for us to go out because You know, my mama, she was a little, uh, I don't know, she was mama, but she didn't want to hook up to cable whenever cable and all that came through because somebody told her that would tear up your TV. And so we weren't allowed to hook up to the cable, so we had us an antenna and we got three, five, and eight. You couldn't all get them all at the same location, but you had to run out there and turn the antenna so you could get three, five, or eight, depending on which one you wanted to watch. That was normal at our house. It was also normal to have those channel locks or those vice grips on the channel changer because me and my sister decided to fight one day over what channel we was going to watch. And we broke the channel changer, the knob that goes on it, and so we stuck a pair of channel locks on there, and that became our normal. You could walk, look at the handle on that channel locks, and you could tell what channel that TV was on, right? And uh, you know, no, we never thought nothing about it. But after I grew up, and a little bit, I began to think about that. You know, how many people come to our house and looked at that? And said, "What in the world is going on in here?" You know, um, because that was our normal. That was that's how we did things, right? I used to have a truck that, whenever you know, to me it was
1: normal. We I didn't have a key. Something messed up on the inside, so I wired
0: it a little lower, and all I had to do was push me a button, and it started and uh, somebody wanted to to borrow my old red and so i said you can borrow it so i had to give them instructions how to use old red that you didn't have to have a key and and uh that whenever you got in it and you started uh to put it into uh, second gear you had to shove it in fast because if you shoved it in slow it would jam up and you would have to get underneath it and get up there and start working on it and get it loose so that you could be able to hit the, the uh, gears again. I'd have to tell them about the window because you didn't, you could roll the window down but just so far. If you rolled the window all the way down it wasn't going back up, right? and uh so i had to give them instructions and i'm no i know nobody else has ever had a vehicle that you had to give instructions with but but it was my normal and and i think about that and i think about how that uh that is it, it is abnormal people other people look at you and say what is going on uh with you but i also look at that and relate that to spiritual things because I believe that we have made some things normal and normalized some things in the body of Christ that really are, are, shouldn't be our norm. It shouldn't be normal. What is the norm? The norm, according to the dictionary, is a model or a pattern typical of a particular people or a people group. And so sometimes before we can change what is normal, we have to deal with the limitations of our past. You must overcome the past limitations. The Bible says, I believe it's in Joshua chapter 3, that that the Bible says that the Jordan overflowed its banks all the time of the harvest, right? Right? And so it talks to me about that it overflowed that which had limited it in the past. It it had overcome the barriers. It it overcame the limitations. And if we're going to be all, do all, and accomplish all that God has ordained for our life, there, then we have to deal with our past limitations. The thing that has limited us in the past will hinder us from our harvest unless we, like the Jordan, Learn how to overflow the barrier, the limitation, because there's always going to be a limitation at harvest time. There's always going to be trouble that comes whenever you determine in your heart that you're going to do more for God, right? When you purpose in your heart that you're going to uh, do something for God, let's just say, you know, let's say a revival. Say we're going to have a revival service and we announce it for six months so that everybody knows that we're going to have the revival and we say we're going to have it for three nights, Sunday through Wednesday night and we say that and everybody is prepared and planning to come. That is the time that you're going to have trouble with your car. That is the time that people are going to get sick. That is the time that difficulty is going to come at work. That is the time that frustrations, why? Because it's limitations, it's barriers. It's things because the enemy knows that when you make a sacrifice and you invest in the kingdom of God, that there's going to be a harvest attached to it. So whenever you invest in it, whenever you make a commitment to it, the enemy is going to try to bring up something that's going to hinder you from overcoming the limitations. And what do we do? We can give in to the pressure. We can say, well, we'll just stay home. We'll just say, well, we're not feeling good. And we give in to the pressure and the enemy robs us of the harvest that we would potentially be able to receive by being in the house of the Lord right and so it is when we are whatever we go to do in the kingdom of god that, that there is a, a a place that we have to come to where that we uh, realize that we are about to enter into a harvest now how do you know when you're ready to enter into a harvest when you know that it's harvest season when the waters around you become uncertain when the waters around you become unstable, when the waters around you become unpredictable and you feel like that you want to go back to a safe place, Peter, right? Where are you going, Peter? He said, I'm going fishing, right? Right? The pressure got hard. It was about harvest time. There was difficulty coming around the corner. And Peter says, I'm going back to what I am used to. I'm going back to my place of comfort. I'm going back to the thing that I, I can do with my eyes closed. I'm going back to the place of safety. And the enemy at harvest time will always put pressure on you to go back to the place of your safety, the place of comfort, because you will not never get a harvest sitting in the safe place. You will never get a harvest not putting pressure on the boundary or on your limitation, but you've got to rise up and you've got to put pressure on that limitation. You've got to break the barriers off of your life so that you can receive what God has ordained for your life. Amen. So we all know that there is a a victory we will know that there is a harvest we'll know that there is a promise whenever there is uncertainty and unstable I talked to you last week so I won't go into it a lot about the unpredictability of water it's unstable you don't know how water is going to act you don't know how it's going to respond you've just got to step out in it and be able to, to shift to change to, to work with whatever you have to deal with because water is always unstable just because it was flowing this way yesterday does not mean that it'll flow that way today just because there was no undercurrent yesterday or six months ago does not mean that there isn't an under it's unpredictable and you can't be worried about living it safe if you're going to receive a greater measure from the Lord so we know that all of what that, is, uh, that we have available to us and the victory that is coming to us and the harvest that is coming that it is something that we have to learn how to deal with the unnormalcy un- the things that are not normal it has to be, be a, a place where that we understand that we're not just going to come and be
1: normal But it's been acceptable to come to the church and be normal.
0: It is even, in fact, I take it a step further and say that it has become
1: normal for Christians to live defeated lives. People can't seem to win the struggle. People
0: can't seem to get victory. People can't seem to to live victorious lives and, and it has become normal. And it seems that we've allowed a lower standard of living to, to be accepted so that we can feel good about being discouraged, that we can feel good about being disappointed, that we can feel good even though we have been defeated. But my being feeling bad about you feeling bad ain't making nobody feel any better. Amen. We've got to understand the word of the Lord and, and say, no, no, we, we can't lower this level. We can't lower this mindset. This is not normal, right? And somebody has to put pressure on what has uh, seemingly been received as normal until we'll change that back to what God has said is normal. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I am the head and not the tail. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me, right? And so this is the normalcy for the Christian. That is what is normal for the body of Christ. And so what I'm telling you is that you should not be, it should not be the norm for your life neither the end result of your life being limited in your area of receiving the harvest for your life, whatever that is, if it's physical, spiritual, if it's mental, if it's financial, whatever it is, the limitations of what has limited you yesterday have to be challenged and say, I'm not going to live in this limitation any longer, I'm going to push on this limitation. How do you push on that limitation? You push on it through the word of God. Amen? So why do Christians have such a hard time living a victorious life? Why has it become normal for us to to go through life and it looks like that we're the tail instead of the head? Looks like we've been pulled through a knothole backwards, brushed with dill pickle and gargled with vinegar. We got these sad looks on our face and we're always losing and never winning. Huh? Why is that?
1: It has become normal in America because we're not living spirit filled lives. We're not living spirit filled lives. It's become
0: normal in the American, and I, I would emphasize
1: American Pentecostal churches. To not be filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you look statistically, there is not a Pentecostal church
0: in America. Because none of the churches, that Church of God, Assembly of God, the mainline Pentecostal movements, there are none of them that have more than 40% of their members that say they have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you cannot be a Pentecostal church if
1: the majority of your congregants do not have the Holy Spirit. So we have it by name, but we don't have it by the gift, the receiving of it.
0: Amen. And so it's quiet up in here today, so I'll just keep on teaching. It's become normal for us to go through life. And not receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Will you go to heaven if you don't have the Holy Spirit? Yes, you will. The Holy Spirit is not for heaven. The Holy Spirit is for here. It's for now. Someone asked me before, they said, Pastor, do I have to have the Holy Spirit to to go to heaven? I said, no, ma'am, you don't have to have the Holy Spirit to go to heaven, but I would suggest that you have it to go to Walmart. If you're going to live in this life, if you're going to live here in this world, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it is a precious gift that has been given to us so that we can live a victorious life in the earth, right? And we have bought into this lie that people think that we're strange if we speak in tongues or we operate in the supernatural, right? Right? And it started a long time ago. It probably started 20, 25 years ago that, that the Pentecostal church bought into this lie that people think you're weird if you speak in tongues. And so if you wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they'd take you off in a side room somewhere and so that, that, that it wouldn't offend somebody. You know, we
1: talk a lot about this woke culture, right? You know where that started? In the church yeah it did it started before they ever called it woke it was in the
0: church because if you didn't like what the preacher did you just left them and so we learned that a long time ago the woke thing it it started in the church and people getting offended and all of this mess but the gift of the holy spirit didn't come from the devil it came from god I said it came from God. And only the good and the perfect gifts come from the Father above. And so if he gives us a gift, it's because we need it in our lives, right? And so we've bought into this lie that we're strange or we're weird if we, if we pray in the Spirit or we speak in tongues or we operate in the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. They say, well, people are going to think you're weird. But let me tell you something today. The Holy Spirit doesn't make a person weird. If they, they may be some weird people have the Holy
1: Spirit, but they were weird before they got it. Amen. It don't make you weird. It gives you
0: power. It gives you authority. It gives you boldness. It gives you clearness of heart and spirit so that you can live a victorious life, right? And so we've bought into this, but this is what people need, right? The ch- watch this. The church backed away from the supernatural gifts of the spirit. And so now comes dial 9100, dial a witch. Why? Because the supernatural left the church. So now they're going to the witch of indoor. Looking for a direction looking for something who can tell me what my future is who can tell me the supernatural who can tell me and and, and so they and, and a witch ain't going to tell you nothing. Right. They ain't gonna look in no crystal ball and tell you your future one of them called, and, you know remember, remember when they call you and say well congratulations you just want a free psychic reading. I said, You ain't no psychic. They said, How you know? I said, if you were a psychic, you'd know I don't want none of
1: your junk. <laughs> Amen. That conversation ended. But it's become
0: normal to downplay the Holy Spirit. But only in America are we divided over the Holy Spirit. Other countries that I go to, it doesn't matter the name over the door, they, they desire the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't matter if it's Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecost, uh, whatever it is, they desire the gifts of the Spirit because they understand that it is a gift from God. Only in America have we divided over this. Other nations of the earth want the signs, the wonders, and the miracles. And so the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's why we're losing every day. That's why we're losing every day battles. That's the reason that we are faced, the things that we're facing that we are losing in is because we're not walking in the Spirit. Or we could say it like this, if you do not walk in the spirit, you will fulfill the lust of the flesh. So many people are beat down and just holding on and their spiritual pulse is so weak that you can't even tell if they're alive or not. And their passion is all but gone. They have no spiritual pause, they have no passion for the things of God or the things of the Spirit. Why? Because we have believed that it's normal not to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit every day, right? We think it's normal for people to have no desire to receive the Holy Spirit. We think that it's normal to, to just go through the mundane and go through the rituals of, of, of religion and come to church and never have an encounter with the God of the universe, right? But I'm going to tell you today that it is, I was always taught it was bad manners not to receive a gift. Amen. Whenever I was in Africa and... and Nigeria, I believe it was, McCurdy, Africa, and I was there and I preached, and uh, they gave me a rooster for preaching. I only seen two rooster, two chickens while I was there. They gave me one of them. Now, what do you do with a rooster? Am I going to bring it back on the plane with me? You know? No. But I thanked him for it. I took the rooster. right? And I carried it back to the hotel with me. <laughs> the hotel uh, you call it a hotel <laughs> place I stay in. And I called the pastor over there. and I said, "The Bible says, to prefer your brother." And I gave him the chicken. Amen. They honored me one night after service, they took us out to eat and they, they put this, they honored me uh, from preaching and they put this fish, a whole fish in, in this, this soup and it was sitting on my, my plate and they was telling me how that, that I was honored by getting this big fish and that, that I had to eat its eyes because that was, and I preferred my brother. I said, my Lord, Pastor, you've been, you've been hauling me around all week. and all of, yeah, I just love you, and I appreciate you, and I want to give you these fish bones in these eyes. Because they don't throw nothing away. You've heard the saying, don't throw nothing away. They, they, they crack bones over there. They call it cracking the bones. They put them bones in there, and I, th- I guess there's something on the inside. I don't know. I didn't try it. But they like cracking bones and eating eyes. And, and I just prefer, you, you, what I'm saying, you, you even, it, you think you may not need it. But you don't, it's, it's rude not to receive the gift that's been given to you. Yes, right? And so we, we ought to, to take consideration of that when we think about the gifts that God has given to us. Individually as well as corporately. Right? The gift of the Holy Spirit, I've said it before and I'll say it again today, the greatest gift that God ever gave the world is salvation, but the greatest gift He ever gave the church is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is the gift of power, it is the gift of the Spirit that causes us to be able, it, it changes everything in our life where that we no longer are living in the fleshly realm, but now we're living in the Spirit realm. If you want an edge, you know, get an edge. If you if you uh, when you're playing a sport or whatever, you're always looking for an edge. You're always looking for something to set you apart or give you a little, little uh a bump. And and the edge in the kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit. It it causes you to have that edge on the world that other people don't have. That it will say, go this direction when you don't understand why you should go that direction. But you go that direction and and later you find Find out there's a wreck the way you normally go. It, it is the Holy Spirit that will lead you. It will guide you. It will give you wisdom. It will
1: give you boldness. It will give you power. And we don't just use the Holy Spirit for,
0: you know, blowout services. Where people are hanging off the chandeliers. And saying, whoo, glory to God. Let's speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit is our prayer language. It is for us to use on a daily basis, not just in a great service. I would submit to you, and I don't want you to misunderstand me, but I would submit to you that the gift of the Holy Spirit is more for your private life than it is for your public life. Now, there is the gift of tongues and interpretation, which happens in the public place, right? And we believe in that as well. But the gift of the Holy Spirit concerning you individually is so that you can pray in the Spirit daily. When you get finished to praying to your understanding, when you get finished praying to the end of your wisdom and your intellect, the Holy Spirit ought to pray through you because it knows to pray the perfect will of the Father. Right? And because, you see, we, we, uh, fuf- when we do not uh, fulfill the lust
1: of the flesh, then we are living in the Spirit. It's not normal just to put the Holy Spirit on the back shelf and say, well, you know, whenever we have that great service, we'll pray in the Spirit. Right? People say, there there is a spirit of prayer that will come upon you. All right, I'm going to take a minute. There's a spirit of prayer that will come upon you that you pray in the spirit. And, that, and it's glorious. It's wonderful. But the Holy Spirit, you pray in the spirit and you pray with understanding.
0: So when you get to the end of your understanding, you pray in the spirit. It doesn't say anything about feeling Goosebumps. It doesn't say anything about having a grandiose service. It's just when you come to the end of yourself, Holy Spirit in you begins to pray the will of the Father through your life. Because the whole, you might get tired and I get tired, but the Holy Spirit doesn't get tired. Amen. And so when we acknowledge him, he's always present and he's always willing to flow through us. And so I must pray in the spirit every day and live in a spirit-to-spirit spirit, live in a spirit-filled life, because if I don't, then the other the other side of that coin is that I'm going to fulfill the lust of the flesh.
1: In Genesis chapter eleven and verse four through eight. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a
0: city and the tower whose top it is to the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves and let us be uh, scattered abroad over the face, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city of the tower and the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they are all have one language and this is what they began to do and now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them come let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech and so the lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all of the earth and they ceased building the city right this is the tower of babel of course God tells them to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. They said, we don't want to do that. We found us a good, comfortable place right here. Let us just um, build us a tower and go to the heavens so we don't have to do what God said to do, right? First of all, a spirit of rebellion has come. Second of all, there, there is a, a, a unity in the rebellion so that they begin to try to do what God told them not to do. And that's when God said that he said, they're, they're one, right? They're not even, it is possible for you to be in one accord, in agreement, and not be uh, in the will of God, right? It isn't just the will of God that you come into agreement with or one accord with, but it is here when they, that, uh, it is here when that confusion came to the world. And that confusion remained in the world, and that disobedience of man brought limitations into the world. And that was the norm. That's what became normal. That's that with the limitations and the boundaries that man created by their spirit of rebellion and their disobedience brought the limitations into the earth, right? And this was nor- the norm until the church was birthed in Acts chapter 2. And when they came into Acts chapter 2, and on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that that they came back together in one mind and one accord, and they were all in one place, right? And they gathered together. What God started in in the beginning... It was a new beginning in, in the New Testament. It is, a, it is not only a new covenant, but it is also a new beginning. It is a new start. That's, that's the reason you find the genealogy of Jesus. And it goes through all of those things. It is a, a new start. It is now uh, God is about to do what he's always started doing. And he begins to establish his, his church in the earth. And in the book of Acts, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one place and they were in one accord, right? And they was back together. And when they came together in unity, it broke this curse. Right? It broke the curse that was put upon them, that limitation that was put upon them back in the book of Genesis when they rebelled against God. Now this obedience broke that limitation so that God could fulfill and finish the work that he began in the earth. And so, it, get this: that not for everyone, but for those who had received the Holy Spirit, the reason that it became normal for Christians to live a life of chaos, a life of confusion, a life that was uh, uh, that was in the uh, they were in the earth, but yet they was confused about everything, was because of the disobedience. But now, those who receive the Holy Spirit come into a promise that breaks that limitation off of their lives. Lives, and now they begin to live a spirit-filled life and the result of that is is they they broke the, the limitation until they were now speaking a heavenly language right what do you think the language in heaven is going to be
1: English Latin going to be tongues
0: <laughs> amen it's going to be the sound of heaven the holy spirit brought it together and they began to understand one another because they were all Galileans but he said they understood them because they were speaking in their own language now imagine that, that, they, that there was such a unity that they were speaking and, and never, it didn't matter what nationality or where they had come from as they had gathered together, all of them thought what they were saying, they could understand it. Why? Because it wasn't of the, the, the earth, it wasn't of this world, it was supernatural, Right? And so it broke that, norm. what had become normal had been broken off of them until now they begin to understand one another again. Amen. It broke the chaos off of mankind. God, how we need that today. Amen. The result of, the, of, of this is we are being led by the Spirit instead of our carnal mind. If we're being led by our carnal mind, then we will fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? But it's time to change the norm. It's time to change what we have deemed as normal. Until we once again embrace the Spirit-filled life. And we begin to use the weapon that God has given us not only on Sundays but every day to begin to pray in the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through our lives the heart of God. Right? Not my will but your will be done. And pray the will of the Father. Amen. So the Holy Spirit was given to us and the Holy Spirit was given to you so that you could pray the will of God in your life.
1: The Holy Spirit was given so you could intercede for others. Amen. You may not even know it, but you may be interceding for someone on the mission field that you've never even met, but by the Spirit of God. Right? By the Spirit of God, you can intercede for somebody on the other side of the world that you don't even know who you're
0: praying for, but God knows. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. I I say that it, it can work that way. One of the things that most often works in my own life is people that I'm connected to. I don't even have to be around them on a regular basis, but people that I'm connected to that the Lord will bring them up before me. And I begin to pray for them in the spirit, right? Haven't some people, you know, whenever you're connected to somebody, it, you don't have to see them every day, but you're still connected spiritually. And it, I may not see them six months or a year, but the Holy Spirit will bring them up. No reason at all. Not thinking about them. Nothing just come up. Whenever that happens, I know it's time for me to pray for them because it doesn't just come out of normalcy you didn't just pop into your mind but Holy Spirit brings it up and so you begin to pray
1: for them in the spirit because there's some a need there. Right? The Holy Spirit was given to you so that you can praise God and worship God on another
0: level. If you're like me, my vocabulary is very limited. I, I don't, I'm just an old country boy, I don't have a whole lot, but, but there is something about, there's a joy that comes whenever I can worship God on another level. Whenever I come to the end of myself and I can't praise him any longer and I can't get the words to express how glorious and how wonderful that he is, that I can begin to praise him in the spirit and worship him in the spirit and begin to to know that I am serenading heaven and Father God is listening to my worship. Amen. The gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, I think I've already said that, is, is for public manifestation. That's building up the church, all right. It, when your tongues and the gift of tongues and interpretation is there, it has come to edify the church, to build us up, to encourage us, to strengthen us.
1: And so if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit and you can live a victorious life over the flesh. We've made it more difficult than it really is. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You just have to partner with God.
0: You have to be a Christian, right? You partner with God, you surrender your life to Him. And whenever in your surrendering of your life to Him, then you just ask him, God, give me everything that you desire for my life.
1: And when you do that, he will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. But I've seen all kinds of
0: crazy stuff. You know, the people, and that's the reason why I know I kind of joke about it, saying the Holy Spirit don't make people weird, and it really doesn't. But there's been some weird stuff goes on, and I know how all that can be, but it's been people, it hasn't been
1: God. God's not weird. Right? But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, And suddenly there came a sound from
0: heaven as is a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting with cloven tongues of fire. And it set upon all of them and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them
1: the utterance. Right? Now that's how easy it is to receive the Holy Spirit.
0: God never made it hard for you to be saved. Confess with your mouth, believe within your heart that Jesus is raised from the dead, right? And you are saved. He didn't make it harder for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Other than that, he says
1: that the, the Holy Spirit comes and he gives you the utterance. How do you get saved? You get saved by faith. Right? I come and by faith I say, Jesus,
0: come into my heart. I believe that you are the Son of God. Forgive me of my sins. I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. And by faith I believe that I am saved. Right? The Holy Spirit is not any harder than that. But we've made it harder than that. And the Holy Spirit is just this, that he gives us the
1: utterance, right? What is the utterance? In, in other words, it's just a big word for saying it gave you the word to say. If I was to tell you, say hallelujah, you're being disobedient. I said, say hallelujah. <laughs> I tell you, say hallelujah, Hallelujah. I just gave you the utterance. Right? I gave you the utterance, but you spoke it. You said it. And that's what what people,
0: and people start this stuff, you know, they say, well, I just don't want to be in the flesh. I just don't want to do something wrong. I don't want to do something that the devil, and I, no, no, that... Your heart ain't there. Your heart, you wanting the Father. You surrender your will to Him. And as you're praying and saying, God, give me this gift of the Holy Spirit that I can live a victorious life over the flesh, do you think that He's going to say, huh, that's a joke? No. You've got an open heart toward Him, and as He gives you the words to say, you begin by faith to speak those words. And the more you say it, the more flowing it'll become. Amen? Why does it flow more as you
1: do it? Because you have more faith in it. Right? If I've got a new seat, you know, and I, in my house, and I, I'm
0: not sure about the seat, I'll sit down in it easy and slow. I'll test it out. I have a limit element of faith because I'm going to sit in it, but I'm going to do it in a slow way just in case, right? But if I have my favorite chair and I've been sitting in it for five years, I don't look at it before I sit in it. I don't check it out. I don't sit down slow. I just fall down in it, right? Because I have faith in my chair. And that's the way it is in the Holy Spirit. The longer that you walk in the Spirit, the more faith that you have in it. And you don't just look at it. You're not hesitant. You just flow in the Spirit. Amen. Just flow in the Spirit. And so we, it is, it's very simple that we can do it. God
1: has given us this gift so that we can overcome our flesh. Amen.
0: And it's become popular today for a lot of preachers to get up and say, well, I sin
1: a little bit every day. Well, Bless your hearts. I think I know what they're saying, but it isn't normal. Amen. If you give yourself enough room to sin a little bit every day, guess what? You'll sin a little bit every day.
0: But you can walk in the spirit. And you can overcome the lust of the flesh, but you can't do it on your own. It's not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit. Whose Spirit? His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, living in us, equipping us. Does that mean that I won't sin? But God forbid, if I do, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, amen? And so, today I just want to press in on challenge our limitation, challenge our normal. And I just want to say to you today that if you haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful gift. And you can receive it with joy and not with fear.
1: And it will help you to live a victorious life. Amen. I want to win, don't you? I want to win. Let's stand together.